T-minus one week, the 2024 World Rally Championship season is almost upon us and you've already made your first good decision of the year by coming here to learn all about it. My name is Luke Barry and today I'm joined by my esteemed colleague Rob Hanser to discuss Toyota's status heading into a new season, Hyundai's strengths and weaknesses, Sport Ford's fate and the key changes made for this 2024 season. We've even been bold enough to make a few cheeky predictions as well. But without further ado, Rob, I shall bring you in. Thanks very much for joining me, as always, for the first ever episode of the Manoia Rally Podcast. Yeah, hello. It's um, it's crazy that we're starting to make predictions for the first round of a season, isn't it? Doesn't feel like uh, 2023 finished all that long ago, but but here we are. It's too early. I'm still trying to shift my Christmas timber. Um, as we call it, uh, we're overindulgent over the festive period, but as we all are, it's kind of a, a, a time of year made for that kind of thing, sadly. But yeah, we have got plenty to go through looking ahead to this new season, which of course does start next week with Rally Monte Carlo. Sadly, no major changes, no new manufacturers, which I think we'd all have loved to have seen. But as it stands, we have Toyota heading into the year as, well, on our running order, Rob, I've just simply asked, are Toyota the favourites? And I guess we'll just go straight into the first bit of analysis and questioning because to me it's a difficult one to call this one yeah I think um it's it's, it's gonna be tricky isn't it as to whether well be Monte Carlo that we know if if they are gonna be gonna be the strong favorite still but I I'm not personally I'm not convinced I, I don't think they can be classed the favorites anymore be, with Robin Perra going part-time um, I think they've still got the best drivers in in their ranks. I, I think that's undisputed. The fact they've got Ogier and they've got Robin Perra alongside Evans and Katsuta. And don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't think Evans is suddenly going to be disappearing off the pace. I think he'll be there. But I, I personally, I, I think Hyundai now has the the strongest lineup with Tanak and, and Newville. I would agree, actually, and we'll, we'll get to that in a bit more detail, I guess, about the real strength in depth because I've got a potentially bold claim to make behind those lineups so <laughs> stay tuned for that but it, yeah Toyota they've won the manufacturers championship the last three seasons I'm sure it's three seasons every season Yarin Matty Lapp has been there anyway they've won the last god knows how many drivers titles I think it stretches back to 2019 it does with Tanak so they are looking at it on paper the team to beat but as Rob said, there's been plenty of changes from both of the two major players. We've got Hyundai strengthening its its ranks. We've got Toyota, and it's a way that they're not losing drivers, but they're losing full-time presence. So they've essentially got one horse in the race now, whereas well, that, Hyundai should should have two. That's, that's what I was going to say. I think if you look at Toyota's entry list now on paper, it's arguably the weakest lineup they've ever had. Um, and that's mm. not that's not through the fact that, you know, the talent of the, the drivers there it's the fact that the drivers that they've got you know half of them are on a part-time season um and i completely get the reasons for for rob and Perra, um wanting to take time off and obviously ogo is, is never going to come back for a full-time season but it's uh for me i do feel is yeah if it's not the weakest it's one of the weakest especially in the last few years yeah i, I don't think that that can be disputed for the last you know three or four years i'd, I'd say Three or four is a nice caveat because I was going to come back with you with the the debut lineup of Toyota's return from seventeen, probably being a little <laughs> bit not as strong with with Latvo, Lappi and Yuho Hanninen. But it, it's an interesting call, isn't it? Because as we said, weirdly their lineup hasn't changed. It's just the the lineup for each rally will be different. And I've worded that badly. There's definitely a more succinct way to put that. But they have the same drivers as last year. Nothing has changed. It's just the reigning world champion is is not going to be there for the full year, which does, of course, give Elvin Evans a huge opportunity, but in turn, a lot of pressure, because he now is, and this is no discredit to Takamoto Katsuto, and I keep saying this every time I talk about it, because we can look really silly if we just decide now that he's not going to be a title contender, but judging off past form, you'd have to say that Evans is, is the clear horse in Toyota's stable, but it does now create a lot of pressure on his soldiers because he's been close to winning the championship before. He's come second to Ogier, he's come second to Robin Perra. Now, neither of those drivers are in his way, so surely this is his best chance yet to win the thing. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, um, I, I think Evans now has 
everything in his hands. You know, he'll be looking at this as his golden chance. I think if you look at the the Rally One era when it started, he was obviously slow to to get to grips with, with that compared to some of the other drivers. And I think he kind of openly admitted that he he struggled to to get the feel of it. But last year that started to come to him, didn't it? So I think timing wise, it couldn't really be any better for him. Um, and this is the thing, isn't it? This is where you know, I'm actually questioning my own my own decision of what I've just said to you here about whether they're the favourite or not. Because, yes, on paper, I'd say that Hyundai now has a stronger lineup because of their the two full time drivers are probably, or arguably, you know, just as strong as Evans over the, the course of a full year. You know, obviously, Katsuta, I think, is a great driver, but I don't think he's quite at that caliber yet. He hasn't. He's yet to prove that, isn't he? In terms of winning rallies and, and regular podiums and, and things like that. Um, I suppose what goes in Toyota's favour though is they've got two world champions sat on their part-time books who they can deploy to attack rallies that they enjoy and that they're good at Um, and they don't have to tackle the ones that might be weaker events so it's whether it'll be whether they can dovetail each other enough won't it between Ogier and Robin Perra yeah, I think you have actually potentially hit the nail on the head to what could be a really, really interesting dynamic to follow this season because we've got we're expecting at least three contenders for the championship in Evans, Tanak, and uh, Neuville. Name almost escaped me there. <laughs> Sorry, Thierry. But if you look at last year, we know that Robin Perra and Ogier as competitors are arguably a step ahead of that three, but they're definitely in the mix. They they are in that top five in the world of best rally drivers right now but neither of them have a realistic shot at the championship because they're only doing that part season but they absolutely still can influence the way this championship goes with the performance that they have there's a, a lot of questions already going around about will Ogier Rovenpera help Evans personally I don't see it it's never been the way that Toyota's operated things and I guess maybe if there's a scenario at the final round or something where if one of them drops back it would literally give Evans the championship but then with the way the points work now this year, which we'll get to later on, <coughs> how do you work these tactics now? It's very different because you can't just put around it. the position you finish in doesn't necessarily give you the points that you would expect it to. There's a lot of things to consider. So Elvin's probably on his own with this one. He hasn't got that support necessarily. And that's not to say that Robin Perra and OJ aren't wanting Evans to succeed, but they're not going to sacrifice themselves for a rally win to give Evans extra points. I might be proved spectacularly wrong by saying that, but I don't see it. But then you can look at it the other way, is how many points can Auger and Rovan Perra take off the Hyundai drivers? So it's, I think that's really going to be fascinating to see. And I'm curious as well, because we don't know the exact nature of their, their programs. We know that Auger obviously is doing Monty next week. We assume that Rovan Perra is doing Sweden. I'd be very surprised if it's Auger in the car. But could we see a scenario where both of them do an event? I honestly don't know. It would be quite something and spectacular to see it. Um, but that's something that's currently unknown and we'll do our best to find out as well. But speaking of Cali, I'm going to move conversation a little bit more towards our world champion. And I don't want to go too much on about the thinking behind the decision because I think that's all news now. It, it was, literally was last year's news, wasn't it? It's <laughs> a new year. But I'm really curious, Rob, to see the difference in Cali's demeanour, his attitude. If I don't think we can expect too much different from his performances I think nobody was ever questioning how good he was but just the way he conducts himself and the the way he's enjoying and approaching his rallies when he's not having to think about a championship I think that's gonna be really interesting to see I think we could I think we could see an even better Calais than we have done before personally yeah, that's because, frightening isn't it yeah well I think you know he's got time off so he's gonna be relaxed he's you know going to be able to go and do things that he wants to do you know he said that not just from a motorsport perspective but just taking time out to go and you know spend time with friends and family you know he's getting that work-life balance corrected if you like um so i think he'll, one he'll be rejuvenated um and refreshed but secondly i think he, the last couple of years he's been having to tackle these rallies with half his mind on the championship so he has been cautious and at times you know obviously there's been plenty of occasions where he's gone on the attack and, and blitz the opposition but he's done everything and taken a measured approach in, in what he's been doing i 
wouldn't be surprised if we just see an all guns blazing Cali Rovampera at events he turns up to um, because the view he'll be looking at it of what have I got to lose and I think a really sort of a Rovampera that's let loose I think could be it could be scary but I think it could be also be absolutely brilliant to watch um, and yeah I just I've just got in the, these visions in my head that you know these rallies that he's going to be rocking up to on his part-time uh, campaign, I, I think he'll be running off into the distance. Is my is my prediction on that? I'd say it as a bold prediction, but going off some of the speed we've seen from in the past, I wouldn't say it's the wildest <laughs> shout in the world. But it, you, you're completely right. I think when you say these, he's effectively got nothing to lose. Obviously, he is there to do a job for his team. He does need to think about the manufacturers championship as well he can't just completely drive freely of responsibility but realistically he's got two other teammates that can help him there so i doubt well, that's going to be a big thing and you say that you know when you've seen how fast he's been driving when he then comes on you know at the end of the stage um and goes to the stage and report oh you know i was just i was taking that easy and we've gone and gone what you know you've just gone like five six seven seconds faster than anyone else has through that stage uh and that's him driving with margin so I don't, I don't think we'll suddenly see him, you know, going that fast that he's going to be binning it because he's not that kind of driver. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's suddenly taking big chunks out of people if he's on a stage that he's actually enjoying. No, I, I'd agree. I'd agree. And it, to me, it feels like he's about to adopt the, the OJ model in where only a win will matter to him now. As we've said, there is no championship to think about. There is nothing else. There's no reason for him essentially to turn up to a rally other than to try and win the event. And we've seen that with, with Seb in the last couple of years since he's done his part-time campaigns that when he's not winning, he, to say he doesn't want to be there or be strong, but he certainly struggles for the same motivation because what Oje used to always be very, very good at was maximising his bad weekends. And they always say, as the old adage goes, that you don't win champs on your best weekends, you win them on your worst ones, don't you, with picking up those extra points. And that was where Sebastian was always... I would say probably the best we've ever potentially seen actually I may even put my head a lobe on that um, in terms of his ability to recover things from difficult weekends so suddenly when he didn't, he didn't have that bonus if he was doing if he wasn't doing quite so well his head would drop I think we saw it particularly in CER didn't we um, yeah a few months ago uh, so will Robin Perra be the same I don't quite think so it is a bit different for Callie because he he's doing this in the knowledge that he's coming back full-time for 2025 as well. So it, it, that, again, in itself is an interesting thing to wonder because I don't know if there's any tax he can really play with this, but you've got to think he's going to have a very, very keen eye on how this championship plays out because for Cowley, obviously, he knows the strength of his own teammate. He knows the strength of his own car. He probably knows what to expect from Thierry, but Oitana can hind eye is the big curveball. I think if Cowley was around, that's potentially the biggest thing he'd have been worried about this year because it's the biggest unknown. It's the biggest thing you can't quite quantify. So he's going to, I suspect, taking a very keen interest in how everybody goes <laughs> and seeing where he matches up, because at the end of the day, he's going to be fighting them again the following year. But yeah, I, I'm very curious to see how it pans out for him. And actually, in fairness, what comparisons we can and can't draw with, with OJ. I may be a little bit too obsessed with this, and I don't want to be seen as somebody trying to create a bit of drama. But we know those two are potentially in the wrong circumstances, capable of having a bit of a disagreement. We saw it at Safari Rally Kenya last year. Now, I don't think either of those drivers are going to look at the championship table and go, hmm, he's beaten me by X amount of points, he won this many more stages. But we, as pundits, as fans, if they do a similar number of rallies, we can legitimately make those comparisons. And I know they're a bit meaningless, but I, I love diving into stats and making conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that interests me who will actually look the stronger in their part season. Obviously, there's so many factors that come into that. But yeah, I think it's, it's really quite bizarre to have two world champions sharing a drive. And I'd, honestly, I'm racking my brains. And again, there's going to be somebody that tells me that I've forgotten a really obvious example, but I can't think of a time I've ever had that um, in the World Rally Championship. To have two of the guys that are probably the best in the world at the moment sharing one seat. Um, is it's quite sensational but this is the thing it's a, a very very different dynamic for for Toyota and I guess Rob it's a blessing or is it a blessing or is it pressure for Taka Katsuta how do, how do you look at things for Taka this year because 
this is the first time, I guess, he's, he's been fleeting around the works drive for a while. Last year, he obviously got nominated for some of the rallies, but this year, on every single event, he is going to be there scoring points, representing the main Toyota team. It's another step, but do we think he's up to it? This is going to be the pressure point, isn't it, for Taka? Um, he's had all the nurturing, all the guidance. He's had a lot of time um, from from Toyota in terms of being able to develop. Uh, and I think he's turning into to a really, really decent driver. Um, putting aside the fact that I think he's probably one of the nicest, nicest drivers out there, you know, nicest people um, in, in the service park. But I think his he's starting to starting to get to grips with driving at the top end i think he has shown that and he, he showed that year before last you know he was the most consistent driver in the rally one field even though he was part of a challenge program you know he was consistently knocking around that you know the, the fourth position kind of mark and, and putting together you know strong results on a regular basis so he needs to deliver that again but this time he he can't be doing it for fourth, fifth, or sixth, can he? He's got to be doing it regularly in the podiums. Um, so he's gonna. There's no doubt about it. He's gonna have to take another step up um, and take a step forward. Whether he can do that or not, I'd like to hope he he could. But but time will tell, won't it? It's yeah. We haven't got we haven't got a uh, you know crystal ball or crystal anything like... in front of us here. But <laughs> it's um. I'd I'd like to think he could. I think. I think part of his problem is I think he puts too much pressure on himself sometimes, which can hinder yeah. his own driving. Um, so I think if he can kind of find a way to to keep the pressure at bay and, and keep a cool and level head, then I wouldn't be surprised to see him regularly hitting podiums. But it's, you know, he's entering a new phase of his career. You know, he's never been in this kind of position where he has to score points. Like last year, he was obviously driving for the team, but Calais and elvin had to score the points and yes right he needed to be scoring points but it wasn't it wasn't a big issue if it was fifth or fourth or you know or you know mid mid top 10 they haven't got the cushion of calais or you know anymore as their their full-time driver so yeah he arguably he's got to be the one nudging for second place or wins and and you know minimum podiums every rallies now um, this is where sorry to cut across you but this is where it's so complex isn't it because you mentioned that they don't have the security blanket of cali but they essentially do because either robin Perrot or roger will be there for one of the rallies so it's a bizarre one to think about isn't it because actually yeah no, and it's actually my i phrase a question in such a way i've led you down this path but actually when you think about it really not that much changes although i think if he i would say i, I would not say cat attackers under any pressure for his drive for future years but i would say that for himself i think the big thing that he will want to be improving this year is is sorry i've got myself sewed up but consistency of performances because we know how good he is we saw it in abundance last year particularly in japan on that amazing stage winning run and um, i think he more than doubled his stage win tally for the season in that one event <laughs> which is quite, quite incredible and um, but the biggest example for me i'll always give with attacker that i guess the frustration of where he is at the minute is Estonia and Finland last year. With Estonia, he finished the last of the Rally 1 cars that wasn't Tanak, who had that massive penalty. Um, and he just looked lost. It was a rally where everybody expected he would do quite well. Two weeks later, granted, it's not the same rally, but it's similar. And in Finland, he bags a podium. And it's such a big contrast in the level. So I think he needs to find a way to keep performing at the Finland way and, and avoid the dips of Estonia. And that's where we'll see the next the next step. But it is... A- it's a Oh, go on, mate. No, I was gonna say he's a real psychological driver, isn't he? In that he's yeah. very, I I quite like the fact that he's quite open. At you know, if things aren't going his way, he'll he'll be upfront about it and say straight away, "Of I'm not driving well enough. I'm not, you know, yeah, I wasn't going fast enough through here. I missed pace here. You know, he's not he's not afraid in fronting up of his own errors. Um, but. The problem is when he starts to get into that kind of mind frame, you then start to see that he struggles to get out of that rut and, and get himself back on a high again. So I like the honesty, but I think he needs to kind of 
do it in a way that is, is contained so that he can put it in a box and forget about it until the end of the day and then crack on and reset himself completely for the next stage yeah so sometimes it's almost you, you it's good to be self-critical but you can almost be too self-critical where actually it goes the other way where it's not actually helping you at that point it's just driving you further down the wrong path but either way i think it's going to be very interesting to see how he and indeed the entire toyota team get on this season because as we've touched on and alluded to but we're now about to get into in more detail the team they're facing rob or the main team i should say because they're not the only team in the race but the main opposition they're going to have this year hyundai has strengthened quite considerably yeah it's it's funny actually because i was sat there thinking about this when when the new uh point system came out i sat there thinking cyril's face must be a one of two halves <laughs> I suspect he was sat there with a with an absolute cheesy grin of the fact of strategy is going to come into play massively, and he's got two of the championship's fastest drivers at the helm. But then also his head must be exploding because of the the com the complex nature of this uh, the point system and what it could mean strategy wise. Must be like massively overcomplicating things, um, and I think Hyundai as much as they're driver lineup I think is probably the strongest now I think it the the way the championship could could end up playing out I I think it could end up causing them more headaches than they realize and that's not through Nouvel or Tanak get having a go at each other or falling out of each other or anything like that it's the fact that they're going to be fighting over same positions and about them trying to work through the team uh, at the same time and we know you know we know Cyril's not been afraid to use um team orders can he can he deploy that with these two? Will he deploy that with these two? Will they even listen I, if he does? I don't think he can. I think um, he can if one if one of them's ruled out of the championship towards the end of the year. I think he can. I think he'd be extremely brave to get anywhere near it before that's the case. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's an unknown, isn't it? We haven't we haven't seen I and I with a with a lineup like this now for a, what couple. Well, couple of years really isn't it so it's um not under well and it's first time for cyril under his management yeah it's, it's not it's not like last year where, where thierry was clearly and very obviously defined as the number one hope and the rest would sort of surrender whatever they could to him for that driver's championship chase this time he's got two horses in that race with the idea of the third car playing that support role but do you know what's interesting I, I never thought about the impact of this the point system until you just raised it but that's a very very good point because in the past Hyundai system has tended to be wait until Sunday if there's a a third car or second car as it was last year as well one of them ahead of the lead driver sacrifice them but making that work I guess you could just ask them to go really slowly on the last day and like but it's not but then you, you could know, end up it, losing it, more points well this is it but it's it's so complex now um and it's fascinating actually to see and i guess the first few rallies will give us an indication as to what new scenarios may or may not arise with this but that actually is and there's been a lot of negativity from some quarters about the structure of these points but i think that could be a very very positive outcome from these is the switch up and new tactics this will force teams into because it's certainly not going to be as simple as it was but sorry, mate. I think I railroaded your point there a little bit. No, I just I, I I agree with what you're saying. I mean, I think strategy is going to be a major a major element, isn't it? I know we're getting off track here, a bit more generic, but I think I think you know Hyundai have been the team that have deployed strategy more than most um, over the last year, and yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but I mean, coming back to the question, I mean, Newville and Tanak, you know, will it work? It's worked before. I know they didn't overly get on at times, but I know Newville was obviously... He didn't want to see Tanak leave, did he, for M Sport? So... Um, Do you believe that, though? And maybe being a bit controversial with this, but I, I don't know if that's something he said to the I, media. It, is, it, might something something, actually... it might be something he says, but I also genuinely think he was disappointed more from uh, the fact that Tanak will really push him hard. Um, will push the team hard. You know, I think everyone knows how hard Tanak pushes teams. Um, and I know sometimes that might go against them a little bit, but he doesn't pull any punches. Um, and that can drive everyone forward. And if we've seen Newville's in the same boat pulling as well, they've got two drivers tugging just as hard um, to pull the team through. So 
yeah, it was hard when Hyundai was behind everybody, but on performance level now, they they pretty much are on a par with with um, Toyota these days, aren't they? So, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 th- I think the best way to put it with Hyundai, at least from my perspective, is all the bits of the jigsaw are now finally coming together. It's just whether they can actually put them all together and and ultimately win the championship because i know tanak said a lot of strong things in his press release when it was announced he was going that he wants to dominate the both championships and stuff but when you look at what they've got there's no reason to think that isn't possible and tanak would not be going here yes i know his year with m sport didn't go as anybody had hoped it would but he's not coming here thinking it's not going to work because we know how he left last time he was pretty fed up like he almost couldn't wait to get out of there so it's a very short space of time to come back but there's so much different now about that team particularly in terms of the management that means that it's a completely different sort of environment for him to be working in. it should be a more competitive car than he was using because it hasn't they've caught up with the lag that they were chasing after the later sign-off and the issues before the start of the, the regulation cycle in 2022 so yeah i, th- I think i joining must be a very very encouraging sign for for hyundai that their project is going in the right direction because he's a man that left it just a year earlier now wants to come back so if they ever need a shot in the arm that that's your proof isn't it that everything's working we're going to come to newville in a second but just with tanak i think it's an interesting case because in a way he now becomes de facto championship favorite this year because he's the only driver competing full-time who has done it before he has that experience of winning a championship. But, unlike Evans, unlike Neville, he's sort of, I'm going to say sort of, because he's driven the car in the past, he's sort of learning a new car. So to me, that kind of balances it out, which is maybe looking a bit too simplistically at it, but I guess the wider question as well is, is does Oit now have anything to prove to himself, to everybody else, to high and die after the way everything's gone? I don't know. It's an interesting one, but it's going to be a a curious season for him and I guess one he hopes ultimately and one he's betting on making world champion again Rob I don't think he has anything to prove I think if you look at year before last you know the final season of Hyundai go back to Croatia as an example you know those final few stages on the Sunday he was lightning fast when the car was in the right window he was he was on it and he closed that gap right down to Rob and Perra. I know he didn't win but you know he closed the gap right down um, and those individual stages, he was blisteringly fast. You go to last year in the Puma, obviously a completely different car. Again, when the car was was on point without any issues, he he had you know there, there were quite a few occasions he was fastest. You know he was the pace setter. Um, so I think it doesn't really matter what car he's in. I think as long as it's kind of operating correctly and there aren't reliability issues and, and things like that, I think he will be on the pace. Um, his problem is that as soon as there's a, you know, there's a few niggles and stuff, he, he tends to back out and be conservative, doesn't he? Which kind of maybe makes his performances look worse than they really are. Um, because he tries to, you know, last year we saw it a few times that would be a problem rather than trying to still push the car right to its limit. Regardless, he'd back out, save the car, um, but would lose you know big chunks of time in the process um i have no doubts that he'll get in the hyundai and be straight on it from the the opening stage of monte carlo i yeah would not be surprised in the slightest to see him fighting for the fastest times um i think actually it's hyundai has more to prove now because there's less excuses for them they've Mm. got the car in the right place they've got the structure correct now within within the company um They've got, as we've said earlier, you know, two of the fastest drivers in the field uh, behind the wheel. Uh, I actually think it's now time, you know, Hyundai have got something to prove now, uh, rather than Tanak. Interesting, and in fairness, it's a very good argument. I'd struggle to pick any holes in it, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Which is unlike me case. with you. I know that's it. You don't normally f- say something that I don't try and pick holes in. So well done, mate. Well done. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess the final thing on Tanak for me is what I find quite interesting, and I've no idea what impact this will make, but I don't know if you knew this, but he's, he's taking his engineer from M-Sport, Jamie McMillan, along with him to Hyundai, which is intriguing to me. Um, so Jesse obviously worked very well with him at M-Sport, 
last year, but what difference that'll make, I don't know. But it's a, it's a layer of comfort he's got with him as well, coming back along. But again, he knows the key people in the team. Um, and he, he has every chance of, of fighting for the championship. I've got no doubt. And I just hope that we don't see a scenario where any one of these drivers gets a run for it. I don't actually see it with this three, Newville, Tanak, Evans. I think they're actually all very evenly matched. I would say on his day, Tanak is the best of that bunch. I still think if, if I was to rank the, the current drivers at the minute, I'd, I'd still put Rovan Perra first. I think if he was competing this year, I think he would still be world champion. But I think Tanak would have given him a very, very good race. I think with Rovan Perra out of it, then Tanak for me probably just about becomes the favourite. But it's all form, it's momentum, it's everything that comes into it. It's not not everything's perfect on every given rally. You've got the likes of Evans who will grind anything out all the time. Newville is as tenacious as they come. So it's not a foregone no conclusion. No, no. And, that, I, and that's what makes it so exciting. Yeah, because I, you know, this is where you come into people's talents, isn't it? Because as you say, I think, like you, I think Tanak, probably out of the three of them, has more outright pace. But I think Evans has the ability to be more consistent over the course of a full year in grinding out those results which showed last year you know, how how far he took it into the season before Calais finally got the championship and we've seen it before against you know Ogio um, taking it down to the wire um, so on paper that would almost make Newville the weakest but I still don't yeah it would be very hard to say that Newville is a slower driver or a less able driver than um, Evans or Tannock though wouldn't it it would it would be it's it is an interesting case actually for for Thierry this year. It's his eleventh season with Hind, I would you believe, which is quite some run. It's quite a a sort of layer of uh what's we're looking for? Loyalty. That's it. Uh, he's shown to, to that team. He's been there since it's rejoined the championship in twenty fourteen. I think we all kind of know the stats are in there five times a, a runner up in the championship, which in itself was incredible. But obviously that then raises the, the obvious question of, well, will we ever actually win the thing? I guess the same context has to be applied as with Evans. Realistically, is he going to get a better chance in this? I don't know if he will. Um, it's, it's, it could be, to me, a potentially, and it's a bold statement, but a potentially career-defining season for Thierry 2024. Well, I think either way, yeah, it's going to be for him and for Evans they're the two challenges you know at the end of the day Tanak has won the title before so regardless of what happens he's always going to be world champion but between Evans and Newville you know the the question has to be answered now doesn't it they've they, it's it's for both of them it's their best year of being able to win the title if they win it then I wouldn't be surprised if they go on to win a few more titles down the line but if either of them or both of them fail to uh, finish on top then I think you kind of have to question whether it will ever happen I'd agree and I think a lot of it is because and it's impossible to predict too far in the future and we don't know how long Cali will be around but I would be so surprised if Robin Perry doesn't turn up in 25 and win the thing I think he'll be yeah. even better than he has been for his part season. So I think, and obviously every driver at this level goes into this wanting to become world champion. But I think Elvin and Thierry are both smart enough to know that this is a golden ticket opportunity now. They've got one less driver to worry about. Obviously, they've still got each other. And they've got Oi, who's, who's a formidable competitor, as we've just discussed. But yeah, it, it's a big chance. I think Thierry, the two key things he needs to do is, and he's done very well at this in the past, actually, to have a good start. He's developed quite a good run of constantly scoring podiums. He could probably do with a win in the first half of the year earlier than he has been doing in the past. I think, I can't remember when he first won in, in 22, but last year it took him to round six in Sardinia, at which point Toyota would be running away with it a little bit. I think he needs that result to get him a bit higher up the championship to begin with. And he needs to try and avoid... It's so easy because over 13 rallies, who are we to sit here and say, oh, driver shouldn't make mistakes? Of course, it's going to happen. But you can look at every single season Thierry's done and there's always been maybe, sometimes two, but always at least one mistake we can look at and think, yeah, that's probably cost you there. And it's happened to Evans and Robin Perra last year. So it's unfair to completely single Thierry out. But it's been... No case in the past where that's obviously worked against him so if he can try if he avoids that I think he's seriously with a big shout and obviously you've got the internal politics to potentially consider as well but I think a lot is being made of that already I think 
looking at what happened in 22 is unfair because there was complete, complete instability within that team. Nobody really knew who was in charge. Now it's very, very clear. Cyril's not just the team principal, he's the president of Hyundai Motorsport. So he is clearly the boss of how things go down. So I think that will help smooth things over. But sorry, mate, you're going to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think the weakness Newville needs to to overcome really is the fact of he's quite often a slow starter to a rally. He doesn't seem to find his groove until probably about middle of a day on Saturday, by which time quite often it's already too late. I think if he can overcome that hurdle and be right on the pace from the outset more often, um, I think he'll stand a much better chance. I think think that's what hinders him a lot of the time. And I suspect that might tie in with some of his mistakes sometimes as well, because he's trying to uh, to play catch-up. That's my own theory. Whether that's correct or not is a different story. Interesting. um, But I think if he can kind of put himself in a position where he's there as close to the limit as possible right from from the off, um, he'll find life slightly easier for himself, I think. I think so. But either way, Tanak and Neuville will benefit from a rotating cast of star drivers in Hyundai's third car. I have to say it, this is where I promised a bold claim. I honestly think this is the best lineup of drivers a WRC team has ever had. Genuinely. I cannot think of a time when anybody's had, particularly in quantity, you can look at it like Citroen 2011 and stuff, Loban OG, of course, you look at that now and you think, well, that's just killer, isn't it? But at the time, you look at the dynamic that had on the team, it tore it apart. So you've got to factor this in. With this and the way it's all set out, all three of Hyundai's part-time drivers are rally winners. So it's not just like they're around to sort of Obviously, they are around to play supporting act, but they can all do a job themselves. It's quite incredible who they've got in there. And for me, I think we're all ecstatic to see Andreas Mikkelsen back in a top-line car because the performance he's been putting in at a Rally 2 machine over the last two years, particularly last year, has to be said, were mighty. So it's great to see that he's got his chance. Rob, what do you think we can expect from him? I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him spring a shock or two. Um, he's got that opportunity, as you say. You know, he's been dying for for, for the last few years to get back in, uh, you know, top level machinery. So, I, I personally, I, I think he's going to end up grabbing the ball by the horns and going at it all guns blazing. Um, I suppose what he's got to be conscious of is kind of making those similar mistakes to what Lappy made uh, last year of trying too hard on occasions, ending up in crashes. Um, but I think if he can kind of contain his emotions, if you like, um, I think, yeah, I think we could be in for a surprise or two. Uh, yeah, I, I'm quietly expecting a lot from, from Andres. And I say that because I don't want to apply pressure onto him. And he's not a driver who's going to wilt by some bloke on a podcast <laughs> saying things. <laughs> but it's he's a very interesting chance now because it's not to say he doesn't deserve a chance, but this is effectively his, his second rescue. So if this goes wrong, that's it. Like, there, there isn't going to be... Well, you can never know, do you? But I'd be very surprised if there's another lifeline after this. But I think he's learnt so much from his years back in WRC2. His rally management now is incredible. And I know things are a bit different in Rally 2 cars and the way you have to drive them compared to Rally 1. And I do find it quite curious he's effectively become Hyundai's asphalt expert. That's certainly the way that they've worded it in terms of the press release and it's ironic because when Mickelson left Hyundai asphalt was the biggest thing he struggled with <laughs> um, the car is obviously different now and everything but yeah I, I think he now has everything in his in place he, he's this is the chance he, he kind of thought he's always hoped for it as you said Rob but I think he kind of thought might not happen so it's like it's, it's proper golden ticket opportunity and I really do expect that he'll make the most of it I think it'll be interesting to see how he compares or performs relative to to Lappy, who did a full season last year with Hyundai, actually made that move to Hyundai, which I think a lot of people questioned. And I don't think anybody would turn around now and say it was a bad idea. But that second half of the year, um, I was doing some calculations for a feature coming up on on Manoia about points scored and stuff. And looking at how little he picked up on (laughs) the second half of the year was quite remarkable. You forget how many avoidable accidents I guess he had um so that's I guess 
counting against him but going part-time I think is the best thing he could have done and it's really yeah. interesting to see that it was his decision to do this as well I suspect Cyril probably would have maybe made the same choice regardless particularly if Tanak was coming in the door but I think Lapi on a part program we saw it with Toyota worked really really well it allowed him to get to the levels that we saw when he performed really well last year and hopefully avoid the, the dips and give him crucially more time at home with his young family as well, which we know is something that's very important to him. So I'm equally expecting a very, very impressive Lappy this year. I guess the obvious question that everybody always bandies around with him now is, can you get another WRC win? I don't think so. and that, But that's not to discredit his level. I think it's just because he's up against some really, really strong drivers. But yeah, I think another big season for him where potentially he's got something to prove. But uh, yeah, I, I think... Certainly, for his headspace, he's made the right decision in going part-time. Yeah, yeah, I think he has. I think, um, hopefully, we'll see a more relaxed and happier Lappy. Because when we see a happy and relaxed Lappy, you tend to see some magic with it. Um, I think, yeah, he's, as you said earlier, his, his ability is, is unquestionable. He is, he is a great driver. It's just, he hasn't always put those performances together often enough and consistently enough um so going part-time where he's got got some downtime to think about things and go back to the drawing board um i think could do in the world of good and you know as we said he wants that work-life balance same as like rob and Perry, doesn't he you know he wants to spend more time with the family which is completely understandable um and having that kind of break and and freshness and you know obviously as we said it, it helps rejuvenate you and get you back on that right track so i'm not i'm not sure we'll see a rally victory from lappy but again i i think he could he could run him close on occasion yeah podium podiums for sure i think and it has to be said the same probably of danny soda who's back for yet another season of wrc action we understand probably even less than in the past maybe two or three rallies at most could potentially be his last behind the wheel but he will be part of that team once again as well but just having clocked the the time as ever it always gets away if we do this we shall move on to m sport ford i guess a team rob with with very different ambitions this year last year we we knew that in signing tanak they had a very clear objective they wanted to win the drivers championship they weren't able to do it so i guess they're back to where they were maybe a few years ago where they're bringing up youngsters giving them an opportunity which is to be completely applauded but what what do you think we can expect from from M Sport this year? I think it would be unfair to expect from my end any any rally wins. It, it'd be a great bonus for them if it came along, but I don't think anybody in that team is coming into this year thinking that's going to be possible. But what do you think would be a good year for them with their drivers Adrian Formo and Gregoire Munster? Yeah, I don't I don't think we'll see a rally victory from Munster or Formo, but I, Formo's shown before he's got the ability to get podiums. And he is fast. His problem was that he was trying to drive too fast when he was in a Rally 1 car before. And that's what ended up you know, in him crashing too many times and losing that drive and dropping back to Rally 2. But last year, you know, in Rally 2 and also um, in the British Rally Championship, he, he showed how, how fast a driver he is. Um, so I think he just needs to make sure that he doesn't, repeat history uh, and try and drive that car too hard I think if he drives within his limits um, but to the limit of his capabilities I think I think he'll be knocking on a podium a couple of times throughout the year um, that wouldn't surprise me at all and I think Munster I think he's he's actually a really intelligent driver um, and I think I would not be surprised in him him being sort of a dark horse of the championship. I'm not saying he's going to fight for the title or that he's going to win rallies or anything like that, but I I think he will surprise people in the results that he he brings across the the course of the season. That's interesting, and I think it's it all depends on whether he adopts the same approach that he did in his two rally one chances in Chile and CER last year or if he tries to get a bit more ambitious. I suspect it will be the former. Um, but it is, yeah, Munch is a funny one. I think many probably feel he's the safe choice 
as maybe even to be harsh about it, a slightly boring choice for Friends Sport second right one seat. There'll be cries from all over the, all over Solberg to have the drive and whatever else. But there's so many commercial factors to to give in. But he's not just a pay driver. I I agree with you. I think Munster's a lot better than people think he is, and we saw the step up last year in some of the performances he had, particularly in Japan when he was running Mickelson very close um, towards the end of the year in the Rally 2 Fiesta. So I think considering everything in play, I think M Sport has actually put together a really solid lineup here. Um, with FOMO, I agree. It's being a Leeds driver, effectively. I know it maybe isn't quite badges like that, but that's maybe coming quite early in his career. But I think the mental fortitude that he's built over last year was was incredible. I agree completely. He was never lacking in speed or talent. A few years ago, we were all talking about him as the next big thing. He had that difficult 2022 where he was in that rut of things just constantly sort of getting away from him. But it, right, you're right, it was impatience. It was trying too hard, too fast to get things done. It was like the opposite of the attacker approach, wasn't it? Yeah, um, he kept so, thinking he had a point to prove, didn't he? So he made one mistake and he thought, oh, I need to I need to correct that. I need to shine next time out. So then he pushed even harder and made another mistake and he just kept getting into that snowball effect, didn't he? Yeah, and I know a few folk of Chicoli sort of said, oh yeah, foremost, same old stuff when he went off in Japan last year in his, his Rai 1 comeback. But that I don't think we can take that into account because of the circumstances of that corner. Danny Sorda went off, same corner. How often do you see Sorda crash? Not very often. So I don't think that can be held against him. But yeah, I, I'm quietly confident that FOMO's got a good season ahead of him. Potentially, as I say, at least podiums, I would say. Um, hopefully some stage wins and some big performances uh, from there. But we shall move on to another big talking point. And actually, a series FOMO and Monster, believe it or not, leave behind uh, WRC 2. I think before... The announcement of Pierre-Louis Lube, I was almost feeling a little bit more meh about it this year. And that's really harsh because it's still an incredible championship when you look at what's there. But compared to what we had last year, it somehow felt like something was lacking. But to me now, we've replaced Mickelson with somebody else. And that makes it better. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we've not lost any of the, the quality or quantity. And we've got plenty of new things like the brand new Toyota coming in and obviously driven by a driver who himself was improving in Sammy Puyari. We've got Solberg upping his commitment to Skoda, getting a testing role as well as just driving. He's not purely a talk sport customer anymore. Greensmith is back there. Gryzen moves into a, a Citroen. So there's plenty again to get excited about in WRC support class. Yeah, it's going to be another year of guess who's guess who, isn't it really? In terms of who's going to be... Uh taking that title um because there's so many top drivers there that have a real chance of uh of, of taking taking a championship victory um last year uh, i thought was probably one of the most exciting wrc2 fields for a while um because of the fact you know you had solberg and greensmith back there with mickelson uh Gryzen, Russell, you know a great a great breadth of talent who could all give each other a run for the money but i think this year it could probably even be a bit closer i think so i, I think mickelson obviously was a bit of a curveball last year he came in quite late but i think once he was in there i think he was he, he had an advantage over the other sort of rally one refugees if i can call him that in that he'd done a couple seasons beforehand in WRC2 in a Rally 2 car, so we knew the correct strategy to win the championship. The others were all kind of figuring that out. But, yeah, to, to me it's incredibly tough to call, and actually I won't say too much because we've got this in our predictions later on, but I think a lot of it will depend on how competitive that new Toyota is. I yeah, mean, I was if that, say that, yeah. If that proves to be the benchmark. But it's interesting, a lot of drivers have still bet on the Skoda. Um, I don't know if I'm surprised by that or not. I think a lot of people expected Lube to potentially go for a Toyota, particularly when they saw that he was testing one. But he's I think the thing is, the Skoda is a known quantity, isn't it? Yeah, completely. It could all change when Payari heads out for the first time in the Yaris. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is it. I I, I just struggle. I mean, I don't know what I would do, but you're right. the, The Skoda is clearly a very good car, but I think it depends who you are. If I was somebody like... Lube, and obviously we don't know if he had a straight choice, but I think I might have been tempted to bet on Toyota for two reasons. One, because... Well, three, actually. One, because he's kind of got 
I don't see something to prove. I guess he does in a way, but he, he can afford to be a little bit different rather than competing in the same car as his maybe main rivals to get into a Rally 1 car again. Although, arguably, you look at the other way, actually. If he's in the same car, then it's a, it's a direct comparison, isn't it? But to me, the two key reasons are, one, I know Toyota's not done customer cars before, but they are the clear benchmark in Rally 1 at the moment. They were with the World Rally car. I find it incredibly hard to believe that this Yaris isn't going to be incredibly good out of the box. And secondly, it's a potential link to Toyota's factory team as well. It's obviously not quite, because Toyota isn't running... It's the same as Skoda works. It's not officially running these Rally 2 cars, but showing well in a Toyota might not harm his chances of impressing the bosses in the big team as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it is interesting. There's movement. I'm curious to see what happens to them sports entry as well, because obviously there are two drivers and now both stepped up to Rally 1, so whether they'll still run a team, I don't know. They'll have William Crichton, the, the junior world champion there, because that's his prize. But beyond that, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, I guess, on that score, what they will do. But before we move into our predictions, which I'm sure you're all tantalisingly been waiting for throughout these last 45 <laughs> minutes, I want to just quickly move us on to the new point system in hmm. the WRC. And I've got my own thoughts on this, but I'll save it for a second. Just to clarify, actually, for the avoidance of any doubt as well, 30 points is still the maximum available for WRC weekend but you don't win that by just winning the rally and the Paris anymore to do that you've got to be fastest on the Sunday as well as across the rally so after Saturday there's a separate points classification so the winner gets 18 15 13 on a slider scale down to 1 for 10th but the seven fastest drivers on Sunday will also get points so this is in a bid to effectively try and avoid all the cruising around that we've had in in the past and then the Paris stage remains the same um, for me, I think the key thing is they've done something and they've, they've addressed a problem. Whether it's the right problem, or sorry, the right solution, not the right problem, whether it's the right solution, what do you think, Rob? Yeah, well, when uh, this announcement came out, I think I was on the phone to you in about five minutes, wasn't I? To say <laughs> that I think that it's really good that they're trying to do something to to change things about, to, to liven, liven the rallies up and keep people wondering who's going to come out on top you know, fruits of a Sunday. The issue for me is I think what it's going to end up doing is overcomplicating things for casual fans, um, which might go against the grain of what they're actually trying to achieve overall uh, as a championship. But as yeah. we said earlier, what it, what this will do though, from a team perspective and a driver perspective, will make strategy really, really interesting because I think there's probably a few ways you can deploy strategy. Um, and there's probably ways that historically, you know, the, the way that say like Hyundai deployed strategy last last season, that could actually bite them big time if they did that this year with, with the, the points positions in place. So it's, it's gonna, for me, that's gonna be where the interest really lies of how teams cope with this. And especially with like the third driver, what, how they how they deploy them and in what scenario do they just wait for power stage points or do they go all guns blazing for Sunday and try and pick up the Sunday points as well as the power stage points um, or do they try and split drivers you know and, and try and tackle each each element separately um, it gives a lot more variety it gives you know a lot you know a fair few more options at teams disposals but I think for the overall show in terms of, as we said, for like TV audiences and the like and casual fans, I think from that perspective, it could be detrimental. But I do applaud WRC for trying to do something to to, to liven the show up for the whole weekend. Yeah, I, I'd pretty much agree with that completely, actually. In fairness, you can almost copy and paste that and, and just put my slightly dulcet Scottish <laughs> accent over there. <laughs> Give me. But yeah, I, I think the, the key thing for me is I would consider myself uh, a bit of a rally expert. Right, and I know this is obviously new. We haven't had it in practice yet, but we were doing a well. I was doing a voiceover for a video on our YouTube channel, which actually I think should be out by now when this podcast comes out. If not, it's coming very soon. But I made a mistake in the script of how many points were to be awarded to the first driver on Saturday, and that to me says it all. It's something very difficult to get your head around, something new to think about. And you're right when you say it brings about these new possibilities, but it's possibly 
I think rallying is quite a complex and nuanced sport anyway. I think adding more to that is dangerous. And I think the... What's the phrase I'm looking for? The TV side of things, with the way the sport is currently packaged, most people watch it. Not everyone, because it is available on sports channels, the Paris stage, but most people are paying to watch the coverage. So if you're paying to watch the coverage, you're already an avid rally fan. You're not doing that because you're casually interested. So they're following the rally anyway. So, yeah, I completely agree. And I'm being careful because it could work t- turn out to be fantastic. I said it on another podcast, actually. I-, I don't want to sit here and judge it until we've had a few rallies to look at it. But my gut reaction was, fantastic, we've done something. Potentially, it could have been refined. And it- in all fairness, there's nothing to say that it might not be refined. I don't think they can necessarily do it mid-season because it's in the sporting regulations. But they can certainly look at it for the future But as you said, Rob, I think it's great that they have done something to try and cure it, because I think we all know that Sundays have been lacking a little bit in in action of late. But speaking of Sundays, and what happens to drivers on a Sunday, here's an awful segue um, to our (sighs) first prediction, Rob. You've got it in front of you, so you know what I'm doing, the listeners don't. But the first thing, we've got four predictions we've boldly made, and actually, I'll be honest, I've made this list, I've not thought about them. (laughs) completely on the fly but you're hoping i've got a real lengthy explanation for each one i am hoping give me time give me time to think about or i'll just copy your answer but yeah (laughs) the first one we've played into is will there be any new wrc winners this year which is quite an interesting question to think about because it's not about whether some driver will win more than other or return like so lappy for example doesn't count here he's won a rally before will we see a debut wrc winner in the championship no (laughs) <laughs> simply I don't think we will because no. you've got Ogier and Rovampere in there as part time drivers who will no doubt pick up the slack if Toyotas are fast enough if Evans can't win it for example or Katsuta's out of the question uh, I don't I don't. as we said earlier I don't think Katsuta is going to win a rally there uh, this year being totally honest I'd, li- I'd love to see him win but I just don't I don't think it will happen because uh, I think if Evans isn't there from a Toyota perspective, you've still got Tanak, you've still got Newville, um, who I suspect will be picking it up. And then, as you said, you've got Rovenpera or Ogier, depending on what rally it is. Um, and to be fair, Lappy could always, always spring a surprise, couldn't we? Uh, I suppose as a potential, but I just, yeah, I, I don't see anyone other than the usual suspects winning rallies this year. It's actually a really bad question, to be honest, because effectively it's Will Takamoto Katsuta win a rally, which is not to discredit Formula or, or Monster, but for the interest of... I almost believe it. I don't 100% believe it, but for the interest of, of interest, I'm going to say yes, I think Taka will win. I'm going to go bold. I'm going to say he's going to win Rally Poland. So there you go. Clip that up, and when that becomes true, you can all come back to me and tell me how clever I am. I'll put a tenner on but, it now. Yeah, yeah, go for it, yeah. It's not my fault if it doesn't come in, though, eh? <laughs> But we met, we touched on it earlier. Second of our four predictions, who will come out on top of WRC two? Ah, oh, I've been to and fro. As soon as I saw this prediction, I was turning and fro. Um, Hart says Solberg. Head says Greensmith. Ooh, explain I, that. So I I think Solberg probably is the fastest out of the WRC two candidates personally. Um, I think he'll have the edge even if the Toyota is still the fastest I think he'll still have the edge over Payari is my prediction um, but we just saw Solberg run into too many issues last year not necessarily through his own fault but he picked up you know he kept he picked up a few problems even with be just like punctures like bad luck and things like that um, he needs to iron or yeah he needs to try and avoid those issues again this year and I think sometimes as well what actually went against Solberg's way the rallies he was performing really well at were rallies that he wasn't actually scoring points on Um, so I think potentially he needs to almost yeah do a better job of picking the rallies and scoring points on if that's possible because it is a bit of a luck of a draw at the end of the day isn't it Um, but I I don't know I've just got this niggling feeling I can't put my finger on it because because Greensmith was was there as well, wasn't he last year? Um, yep. And 
I've just got this niggling feeling that he'll end up probably being the more the most consistent driver across the year out of everybody. I think this will still be a year like a, a learning year for Payari, especially with obviously Yaris being a new car. And I've you know there's a potential for a few teething issues with that car at the start of the year and things like that, which could potentially hinder him. So I, I think it'll end up being a battle between Solberg and Greensmith. But yeah, as I said, my my heart says Solberg. I'd love to see Solberg win WRC too. But my head is saying Greensmith will probably end up champion. Interesting, because I'd actually look at it the the other way with, with Solberg and I'd actually say that last year gave him plenty of things to learn that he can apply this year. And one thing he has got this year, which I don't think he's ever had ever in his rally career in the past is continuity he's going into the yeah. season doing the same championship with the same car so it's all more familiar i think it's wrong and i'm quite glad that you've highlighted greensmith because i think he's a driver a lot of people actually forget about in this mix you can get excited about all the rest of them but he was incredibly strong last year and almost won the championship in the end um so i think he's definitely going to be a contender but for me i think Solberg comes out on top of the skoda contingent the big curveball is piari for me I think it's going to be a Sammy versus Oliver shootout. And I think a lot of that could depend on the balance between the Skoda and the Toyota. But if, if you're going to push me, I would back Oliver for the title this year. I just think he's got too many things in his favour. And he's done too well. He'd be, he's shown nothing to me that suggests he can't do it. But then nor is Greensmith, nor is Lube is more of a question mark. But I think he'll also do really well. Will be interesting, and of course, Russell he'll win the tarmac rallies. <laughs> he always does. <laughs> but moving up the field into rally one, who will be manufacturer's champion? Can Hyundai finally wrest that championship back from Toyota? Oh, this is difficult, isn't it? Um, I'm going to go against everything I said earlier about Toyota not necessarily be in the favourites anymore and say but I still think they'll come out on top I agree <laughs> <laughs> and I think purely because of how good that third car is and Hyundai's is great but if you've got a third car being shared with two world champions who are ultra determined for a good result not worrying I just I don't know I, I just struggle to see that balance being beaten Hyundai's well, the bigger unknown rel- anyway I was going to, sorry, I was going to say, I think there's pr- more proven reliability in terms of bringing home points, isn't there, in that third car, in the sense that Ogier and Robin Perra are always right at the forefront regardless, and, uh, you know, at the very front, not just fourth, fifth, or sixth. Lappy last year was having a tendency to, to bin it a bit more often than he probably should have been, and Sordo was missing a bit of pace I think it's fair to say compared to to previous years that he was yeah wasn't showing the kind of pace that he has done in the past so it left him off off the mark somewhat compared to some of the rivals and Mickelson's still a bit of an unknown isn't he when you put him in a rally one car um, so yeah for me I think that's where Toyota sort of edges it really but if you think they're going to be manufacturers champion are you backing any of its drivers to win the driver's title the big one rob who will be 2024 world rally champion tanak is oh, my you prediction the same, you've picked the same answer as me no it's meant to be interesting oh, i can change my answer if you want but no I, <laughs> no go with the heart i yeah i i yeah i just think all the ingredients are there now aren't they at hyundai for it to be success um, I'd actually, I'd love to see Evans get it to be. In all honesty, that that's who I would want to see win the title. I think Evans has been so close so many times now. Um, he's definitely proven. You know, it's not even the fact that he's been he's been runner up. It's the fact that he's been runner up to two of the best world champions. You know, we've had in generations. You know, but it's not just. You know, people that have gone in there, swanned in for for a year, like flashing the plan, flash, flashing the pan champion. Um, you know, Ogier, absolute master, isn't he? And Robin Perra, you know, at such a young age, has proven what an absolute talent he is. Um, so I think Evans would be a fully deserving champion. Um, I just think, I just think everything's teed up to be in the sweet spot for Tanak, that unfortunately. 
Yeah, I think with Evans is an interesting one because you, you apply the paper argument and you can look at the fact that excluding 2022, almost called it last year, but it's not anymore, of course, <laughs> excluding that year, since he's been a Toyota driver, he has beaten Neville and Tanak. So from that side, you go, well, why can't he do it again? But then we, I say we all, I didn't actually, so I'm going to pat myself on the back with this. I'm too proud of his prediction, but for some reason I saw a difficult 22 coming for Evans and it came true. Um, so maybe I'm a jinx, but I, a lot of people looked at that year and thought, right, no Auger, it's Evans's. And of course it wasn't. So applying that sort of logic is always dangerous, but I'd agree. I think I'd, it would be difficult, very difficult for Evans if he doesn't win this year to try and win another one. I guess you could apply the same argument to Neville. But yeah, for, for me, it'll be incredibly close. Um, and the more I think of it, the more I'm sort of backing out of it and almost wanting to pump for Evans. But I just think Tanak's got too much in his locker. When he's happy, completely at one with that car, and we don't know how quickly that will come, or if, if it'll ever come, but you, we're assuming it will, I think he's just got that tiny, tiny little bit of edge that could prove decisive. Um and it's a lazy argument, but that experience of winning the thing before as well um, will help him. So, yeah, I think he would be my, my choice, but it's incredibly tough to call. One of the hardest predicts, I think, for a champion we've had in a long time, in fairness. So there we are. Interestingly, though, neither of us actually even mentioned Newville. No, we didn't. Uh, I know. That is interesting. You hadn't even popped into my head. <laughs> I just kind of in my head I've just kind of assumed that Tanak's coming on top of that one but maybe that's completely wrong to think that <laughs> who knows this is the thing the beauty of sport that's it's not one over what two blokes say on a podcast before the season begins is it so we'll see it unfold over the next if it, 13 if it is I'd be a rich man <laughs> <laughs> we would we would indeed but yeah there's 13 rounds all the way for we're absolutely excited for it we hope you are as well let us know what your predictions are for all of these as well and please do look out for more Monoya Rally podcast episodes it is going to become a regular Monday upload for this podcast every week this is obviously a slight exception so on Monday there will be a full Monte Carlo Rally preview as well so please look out for that make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel as well for more video updates and of course MonoyaWatches.com for all the media side but from us Rob I think that's just about it thanks very much as always for your company and we'll see you in a few days.